I didn't hold back. I didn't think it in my head and then not act it. I thought it and then I acted it. And I just didn't care what people thought about me. And some people liked it. Some people talk shit. It doesn't matter because look at where I'm at now. Literally number one in the company. Made all my goals and dreams come true and helped, you know, tens of thousands of people all over the world. Looking back is like, damn. Balaj, you you had no fear or judgment that you were trying to avoid. And that's what I recommend for you and everybody else listening is like, really lean into it, man. Like really attack. Welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Life Mentor Podcast with your host, Balaj DeBicardos. This is episode 51, and we have an exciting special episode for you guys today because we actually had a member of the GPM family and community reach out to me on social media requesting some support around a specific topic in question, which is going to be something that I decided to do a podcast episode on. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to share how pumped and excited I am that in January, we had our second best month ever for the podcast. We actually grew by over 30%, had 15,000 downloads for the month, and it was a pretty significant jump, 30% jump month over month. And so I just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing the show, for engaging on our social media, sharing the podcast with your family, your friends, your business partners, people that you feel would give value, and also for taking a moment to leave a five-star review and a little comment every time you feel you're getting value from the podcast, or if you haven't left a review yet, thank you very much. I'm also very, very excited to share that January was a record-breaking month inside of my high-profit online business. We actually sold $18 million USD for the month, and 70% of that gets paid back to my community of people that are helping others get healthier, wealthier, create time freedom online. So that's approximately $12 million in the bank accounts of my team for making a difference, for helping people, for giving back, and for being aligned with a high-profit, high-value business model that helps people that are the customers on the health and wellness products and also on the business side for people looking to create part-time or full-time income online. So I'm just so grateful and so blessed that we had over 7,000 high-ticket sales in my organization, which is a record, and it's the first time we've surpassed 7,000 in a single month. And I'm just so excited because by the end of 2024, I already see the numbers and forecast that we will be doing over 10,000 units per month by the end of this year as my business is on a 30% year-over-year growth. So that's roughly $250 million in sales in 2024 if we hit our numbers and are continuing to trend the way that we are trending in the last few years. So I'm, I'm confident it's going to happen and all of us are contributing to make that goal a reality. So massive, massive things are happening already in 2024 as we enter February. It's also a leap year. We have 29 days this year, this month, which is really exciting. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit of an update with you guys that uh, January was epic. And uh, moving forward in February, I expect great things as well. We also placed fourth, sorry, we placed first 
four consecutive months in a row in the global contest, which is super exciting. So we're hoping to do fit five this month and then six next month and take the gold medal six months in a row before heading to Japan to collect the big award on stage and be acknowledged for that. And that's obviously not a personal reward. It is a community reward. It is a reward that we're all contributing to together. And I'm just so happy that uh, you guys are all a part of my organization because I got a team of superstars all over the world and it's the greatest feeling in the world. Okay, let's get into this episode. So we had Leandro reach out to me on social media. His Instagram is life.with.leandro. We'll make sure we put it in the show notes as well. Go ahead and follow him on Instagram. Give him a shout out in the DMs and just thank him for this episode. Because when he sent me this message right away, I was like, this is such a great topic. It's such a great question. And I'm positive that you guys listening to the podcast are going to get massive value from this as well. So you can thank Leandro for this idea. So the message said, hey, Balaj, I hope you had a great start to the new year. I'm still listening to your podcast on a regular basis. And you're prompt to submit ideas or things we'd like to hear about in your podcast. I've been in Nagic since May of last year and haven't had too much success. I have two sales. I often find myself overwhelmed and lost at the same point with what to actually focus on. So I was wondering if you'd be willing to share what your daily method of operation was in the early days and what it is today. What are your daily non-negotiables in regards to an adjic? What has worked the best for you and what hasn't? I'm always looking to learn more and improve, so I'd really appreciate your input or perhaps even a whole podcast episode on this. Thanks so much in advance. So my response was, thanks for reaching out and sharing. Would be my pleasure to do a whole podcast episode on your question just for you, bro. I'm sure everyone who who listens will also be grateful you asked and get value as well. Keep an eye on it in the next few weeks. So this is such a fantastic question because obviously the beginning is the toughest for many reasons. And I have touched on this on some previous episodes and some previous coaching calls that I've done. But that transition period of your old life into the life that you are dreaming about and the lifestyle that you want to create, that transition period is quite literally double the work. And so it feels very conflicting because, you know, it's almost like you're on one horse and that horse has to keep running because that horse is what is providing you with, you know, stable income at your job or paying for your bills if you live on your own some of your expenses and so forth. So you can't completely jump off that horse and start running towards this new one. And a lot of people do think this is smart. And we hear stories in the community all the time of people just not being able to manage their mindset around two different worlds, the employee world, the job world, those types of responsibilities in your schedule to basically maintain that lifestyle, maintain how things are while also having this new paradigm where you're like, wait a second, you're questioning everything. You're like, the nine to five doesn't really make sense. I'm not making enough money. You're starting to like have this, the blinds, you know, lifted off of your eyes and your mind. And you realize that there are so many things that you've always done. You've always believed to be true. You've kind of gone with the, the flow and go through the motions, and the next thing you know, you're having this awakening. And, and quite literally, this awakening is you awakening to your potential, you're awakening to the possibilities, 
You're awakening to this reality that your dreams are not far-fetched and unrealistic, that they are possible. You have found a vehicle. You have found a business model. You have found a community. You see all the pieces coming together. And so it's becoming more and more real. And obviously, there are some things that we need to do personally with our mindset to overcome some of these limitations that we have always believed to be true. And that's part of the work. That's part of the transformation that every single successful entrepreneur that originally came from an employee or self-employed background has to make. And that is very tricky and complicated. And it has these good days and bad days and ups and downs, this roller coaster ride but it is worth it to persist through that. So the point that I'm making here is that there is a, you're doubling up your transition period because all of your spare time that could be utilized for relaxing, for entertainment, for hanging out with friends and family, for watching sports, playing video games, working out, you know, reading a book, having a nap, all these other sort of entertainment extracurricular activities that would give a normal, quote unquote, normal in the eyes of the masses, eyes of society, a balanced lifestyle, right? Where you're like working at your job, you're in traffic, you're being a responsible adult, you're paying your bills and all this kind of thing. And then there's another side of it where it's like, man, I just want to chill out. I want to lay on the sofa, man. I want to watch a movie want to relax a little bit, take my mind off of like adulting, take my mind off of work. And the thing is, is that during this transition period, there is still the same amount of time in a day, right? You still only have 168 hours in a day and in a, in a week, sorry, and 24 hours in a day. So that means that something's got to go. The sacrifices have to be made. And a few episodes ago, I talked about you know, what it's going to take for you to go full-time in your business in 2024. And so this is very much on that similar topic, but slightly different when it comes to my specific daily method of operation and how I approach things in that first year of my business when I got started. So to give some context, there is some important stuff that I want to share that I feel has been so different now in 2024 versus 2013 when I had my first year in this business. So there is this allure of being a digital nomad, right? Living in a uh, tropical destination, even when your business is still just getting off the ground. And so there's a lot of people that are posing or pretending to be more free, more successful, further along in their business than they actually are. This is going to mess with you because it's like the faker you appear, if you're doing that, then the harder it becomes for you to tell the truth and it just becomes this vicious cycle. So I think for young people, right, the younger you are, the better in terms of what I'm about to say is getting a job, not looking at a job like it's a bad thing because a job has, it has a really important part to play in your journey if that's the life that you're coming from, which is most people. So sometimes people will have a job that is completely unrelated to the skill set 
and the future that they're looking to create. So as an example, you might be in construction or doing physical labor type of work, right? There's very little transferable skills from that world into social media marketing, sales in general, leadership, etc. Content creation, you know, ads. It's it's just such another world. There's such a big gap between the two. And so what happens is that you are spending the majority of your time, majority of your day, actually apart from the direction that you want to be going. So every morning you wake up and you go left. And then when you get home, you need to switch gears and start going right. And that transition from going left to right takes so much energy. Your mind, what you're thinking about, everything has to shift. And so if you have limited amount of time to actually work on your business, then that's going to hinder you a lot. It's not going to be something where you can't be successful necessarily, but it's going to hinder you because of the friction of going in opposite directions. In my particular case, I was selling door-to-door for a telecom company selling internet and TV services and canvassing neighborhoods and door knocking. So I was already in sales. I was already in a leadership position. I was already doing daily meetings and presentations, which is a form of public speaking and articulating training and being able to explain different sales concepts, psychology, motivation, getting my team fired up every single day for 30 to 60 minutes, Monday through Saturday, six days a week. So that is very transferable skill, right? So even though I was selling a different product and service, the actions, the mindset, the motivation, all those elements were actually almost the same. Make sense? So I spent my entire energy on the same wavelength and the same frequency which is massively huge when it comes to adding a side hustle, adding a business where you're in that first year, you're not necessarily full-time, but you're looking to basically escape that current career that you're on. So my suggestion is anybody who is working a job that is as far away as possible from sales and marketing Possibly, if it makes sense for you and you're open to the idea, look into getting a sales job. Look into working for a marketing company or a social media marketing company or some kind of business that you're actually being paid through your nine to five to learn skills that you can use to leave the nine to five world behind forever and simultaneously gain your confidence and improve on. on those skills that will actually pay dividends directly into your business. So that's my first tip for everybody listening is it's not about quitting your job too soon prematurely, but it is potentially about actually looking for alternative work and going like, okay, what I have done majority of my life doesn't really serve me that much here. So why don't I get a sales job in marketing in content creation, in something where you can get paid an hourly wage, possibly plus commissions. You know, it'd be nice to have a base plus commissions. Or in my case, I was straight commission. I only got paid on performance. I only got paid on production. 
And, and I actually really enjoyed that aspect of sales because I have that belief that I need to learn what to do. I need to learn. I need to get better. I need to be incentivized to actually care enough to study, to look at what I did well, look at how I could do better and like really take it seriously as if it was a million, multi-million dollar business. So I, I handled my door-to-door career very, very seriously when it came to self-development, personal growth, improving my sales and marketing, creating these different scenarios in my mind of like how I understood things, almost like frameworks or methodologies of how I did it. And then I was able to teach that. And then once I taught it to people in my team and they got results with it, I knew that I comprehended that really well. So that's my first tip is maybe you should look into flexible schedule for work. You should look into the most transferable skills that will serve you in your long-term career building your online business. Secondly, so as I did that, I also made some adjustments to my criteria for work. And sometimes what happens is that you are expected to be at your job from, let's say, nine to five, okay, as an example. But what the boss or the manager truly cares about isn't that you're there from nine to five, it's that certain tasks and certain things are completed efficiently and well, and they care more about that than they care about the time that you're there. So I actually had a conversation with my boss at the time, and I basically said to him, I said, look, is it possible for me to leave the office a few hours earlier every single day as long as I'm hitting the quotas that I need to be hitting? And for me at this point, the two quotas that I was really tracking from a key performance indicator KPI, I was tracking how many interviews I was doing to hire people onto my door-to-door sales team, how many of those people were actually getting started and going through the process of onboarding and getting started to learn how to sell door-to-door. And then what was the production of my sales team in the field? Those are the two main numbers is like, how many deals we get today? How many deals did we get for the week? What is our cancellation percentage? And then also how much am I growing the team or possibly replacing people that are giving up and quitting, which was a a big issue. And my boss was like, yeah, it's fine. As long as your recruiting stays high, you're getting new people onboarded and launched regularly and your sales are maintaining or growing in the field, then I don't have a problem with you leaving early. I was working semi-remotely from home. Like I would post some Craigslist ads looking for new people to work. People, people that were looking for work, I would post ads and then book them to come in for an interview from home on my laptop and stuff. So I just simply asked for a better schedule and made sure that it was fine as long as I got my job done well, I was able to work less hours. This actually gave me more time to work on my business, okay? So that's the next thing. Then when I got home, so I worked about 9, 8 o'clock to about 2 p.m. After I made those adjustments and I could leave the office earlier than five, like before. And so when I got home, my daily method of operation in the beginning is I just prioritize conversations with people. So that's basically saying lead generation or creating opportunities for sales to happen. 
So all I did is I was primarily focused on a few things is conversations with people. I didn't have Facebook ads at this point. I didn't have a lot of powerful training like systems, platforms, communities, things like this. It was grassroots. It was the very beginning. It was, I had a few videos on YouTube of what people did to present the product, like live demos and stuff. And then I had the opportunity presentation, but it didn't really make a lot of sense to me initially as a way to like share that information because I felt like there was context missing. I felt like there needed to be this bridge that was built for someone from the employee world into how this particular business model works. And if you just simply share how this business model works, to them, it's like seeing it in another language. They're just like, what are you talking about? It doesn't land. And when they don't understand something or they're confused, naturally, this defense mechanism kicks in where because they don't understand it and because they're ignorant to it, they just go, red flag, you know, alarm goes off. And then they go, must be a scam, must be too good to be true. This can't be real. How do they make all that money? They don't understand how it all works. And so they disregard it as it must be too good to be true, must be a scam, it must be whatever. And so in my mind, I was like, how do I build this bridge between where they are and ultimately where they want to be or what I want to reveal to them and show them? And so I created my own presentation. So there was not any of these tools, communities, training platforms, and so on. It was different. So I mostly was networking through my contacts, phone contacts, email contacts, business cards that I had picked up over the years and never really did much with, and also contacting people that I was already connected to primarily on my personal Facebook account, reaching out to them in the DMs, and then having a bit of a back and forth conversation. And then when, the, when it was appropriate, I would introduce and say, do you keep your business options open if it doesn't interfere with what you're currently doing and just see what they would say? Very classic old school network marketing type of training because that's all I knew. But I had no shame. I had no fear. I wasn't attached to what people would say. And, and it, to me, it was a numbers game where I had to feel like I didn't waste a day. That was the level of urgency that I operated with that sort of became my daily method of operation. My daily method of operation didn't only have to do with what I did in terms of specifics, but how I felt and the energy and the belief and the mindset that I had each day. So my daily method of operation had a lot to do with my mentality that I had to feel like I didn't waste the day at the end of the day, which meant that I had to learn, do, and teach. I had to learn something new, I had to do it, and then I had to teach it. And even though I didn't have a lot of people to teach it to at time, I still took the opportunity to teach. I created a Facebook group, I put live streams in there, I put posts in there, I inspired and motivated people, and that a lot of the posts that you see me sharing on my social media as those memories and stuff from Facebook, that was part of it too, is like, I would reach out to people, I would have conversations with people, and then I would get the negativity from people, or they would assume it was something that it wasn't. 
And so I kind of got beat up. You know, it literally felt like I was an emotional punching bag for people to say, your business is this, your business is that, your product is this, your product is that. So I was really taking a toll every day, even though I had thick skin from door to door and I didn't take things personally, you're still feeling this energy of resistance. You're feeling this energy of rejection. You're feeling this energy of like, people don't believe in you. They don't, they don't trust you. They don't think that what you're sharing with them is valuable enough to trust you to check it out or to try the product or to get started. And so it does take a toll on you and you need to find an outlet, a release to, to get your confidence back, to fill your tank when, before you take on the world again the next day. And so a lot of those posts that I share as memories came from this like release of fucking watch me like, and I'd type up this post and I'd be like, you know, just stating like nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to hold me back. And even if I had to talk to a million people and they all told me no, I would still eventually find someone who said yes. I would eventually find a leader. I would eventually start to grow my business. I would eventually start to have some duplication. I knew it for a fact because there's no possible way that a company as incredible as Enagic with the products, with the compensation plan, with all the moving pieces of the company, plus me and my vision and my work ethic and my leadership and who I know I can become and my potential. There's no possible way that you have all these ingredients and you cannot make something work out eventually. I, I truly believe that. And so I was like, it doesn't matter if I get all the no's up front and then I start to receive the yeses or I get a no and a yes and a no, 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 and a yes. Didn't matter to me. So I'd make those posts, uh, which I'm very grateful that I did because getting those memories back now really actually takes me back to the, to the time where I was feeling somewhat defeated, at least temporarily. I never felt defeated permanently. I never had the thought of completely giving up, but I definitely had those doubts and thoughts where like, is it worth it? You know, am I crazy? Are all these people going to be right? Uh, will there be one of those days eventually where I throw in the towel and then everybody comes out of the woodworks and they're like, I told you so, man, it's just one of those things and nobody makes it in those things and whatever, whatever. So sometimes I'd have those thoughts and I was like, man, I can't, I can't let that happen. Right. And it'd put and I would push through. So initially when I was very, very early on, I was doing lead gen in a very enthusiastic way, very passionate way. And I learned this through door to door. Enthusiasm actually stands for I am sold myself. The last four letters, I am sold myself, enthusiasm. And so the key with enthusiasm is that you cannot lose your enthusiasm, even when everyone is laughing in your face, even when you're being rejected, even when you're being ghosted, even when your ads aren't working, even when your leads don't reply to you, all the negativity in the world could be happening, but you do not lose enthusiasm because you are sold yourself. You're sold on the mission. You're sold on the company. You're sold on the products. You're sold on everything. And so therefore, other people's opinions are technically irrelevant to the fact that you're sold yourself. It's, it's bulletproof. So you need to get yourself to that place of being bulletproof. So right, so I would ask people to meet up with me because I was building the business primarily locally, especially in the early days. 
So I would invite people for dinner or lunch or coffee. I'd say my treat. You know, I just want to share with you what I'm up to, see if it's a good fit. You know, I would love to treat you to lunch, treat you to dinner. And depending on the type of client that it was or the potential lead that it was, I would be willing to take them out to like a steak dinner and have a couple cocktails and buy a bottle of wine because I wanted to incentivize them to come out. But I also wanted to be respectful of their time. So I'm like, at the very least, I will compensate for your time with a really nice quality meal, right? And then if somebody was really busy, they had a lot going on, then it might be just a a quick coffee at a coffee shop or something like that. But I did a lot of face-to-face meetings. I would uh, tell them my vision. I would share my story. I would tell them how the product had impacted and changed my life. And at this point, I had already had the product for five years. So I had a really, really powerful testimonial. And then I would share with them my frustrations around my door-to-door career. Even though I was making great income, I was unfulfilled from a lifestyle standpoint. I was unfulfilled with my freedom. And I wasn't inspired by what my future had in store if I continued on this path. And so I would use a lot of these parallel stories to relate to what I knew about them and to what I knew they did for their job and their career and stuff, I would ask really powerful questions about their family, their occupation, their recreation, and their money and their financial goals. And that would build a lot of rapport, build a lot of trust. And after we had that conversation, then I would ask them, hey, would you take a look at how this compensation plan works? And I can break it down for you real fast. And I just took out a piece of paper and I would draw the compensation plan. And I would always start with the cash flow quadrant. So that was my initial daily method of operation is conversations in the DMs, reaching out to people, connecting with people, catching up with people, and then basically leading through that conversation. It wasn't right away. It wasn't like a DM, hey, check out my business. It was, hey how, hey, how are you? What's new with you? How are things? How's your family? How's your kids? How's your, whatever we had in common based on like the last interaction we had, which could have been a little while ago or years ago. And I would kind of get that flowing for a little while. And if it felt good, like they were giving me their energy and replying and stuff, then I would say, hey, by the way, I'm just curious if you're keeping your business options open, if it wouldn't interfere with anything you're currently doing. Would you be willing to meet me for coffee or lunch or dinner to talk about it? Because you are somebody that I see as being a powerful person that could really leverage this. And I'm only reaching out out to people that I feel could win. I'm not reaching out to people that I think would fail or, or like they're a loser or something like this, right? So I really tried to position it of like, I see something within you that I feel would be a good fit here. Now you let me know if you see the same thing, like, because I might be missing something. But from my perspective, this opportunity and what I know about you and our relationship in the past, I think it's a great fit. So let's explore this. Let's go have a discovery coffee and talk about it. And a lot of people, majority of people accepted this offer and proposal. Then that was like the initial focus, right? Pretty much all of my time was either having those conversations in the DMs and then lining up those meetings and lining up those appointments. And I needed to make sure that I did both of those on a daily basis because I knew 
that putting in those reps would develop my presenting skills, would develop my conversation skills, would develop my closing skills. And it would be the only thing that would get my business launched off the ground to essentially get that first interaction and business partner into my organization, which would then allow me to go into like phase two and step two. So as the first handful of people got started, the next really important piece here is I always talk about this inside of my Diamond Life Mentorship, but the only thing that I feel a lot of people are missing in the early days of their business is somebody who's in their organization, so technically in their downline, but you're acting more like partners, okay? So accountability partners, talking every day, working together, edifying each other, assisting each other to get sales, and like really working like a partnership as a team. And I had that with somebody also. So what we did is as we started to get our first handful of business partners into our organization, we asked everybody what their skill set was. We asked everybody what their strength was. We asked everybody how they wanted to contribute to our up and growing team. And so different people were willing to like do different aspects of the business, which was really helpful. Once we got a bunch of new people on, on board, then the next piece was I told them, look, here's my number. Contact me anytime. I prefer text or DM on social media because I can multitask. On a phone call, I'm much less available and stuff. I can only do one thing at a time on the phone. So if you want to have me on the phone, we better be closing business. Otherwise, conversations back and forth, questions, setting up appointments, any of those other logistical things has to be through text or DMs because I could rapid fire through so many back to back to back. And I became very, very quick and very efficient at texting. I'm one of the fastest people that I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen anybody text as fast as me. I'm, I'm insanely fast at texting. Anyways, I developed that because of efficiency and wanted to be just like very, yeah, very productive, I guess you could say. So during that season of my life, I had a yes mentality. So somebody needed me, the answer was yes. They had a prospect that wanted to learn more, yes. All hours of the day, evenings and weekends, basically aside from that 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. that I had my full-time job, I was on all hours of the day. And if somebody didn't need me around my bedtime, I would fall asleep, wake up in the morning a little bit early. I check all of my messages from my team or my leads or my DMs or my texts. I would reply to all the most important ones. I would set up appointments as quickly as I could. So sometimes I would go to bed and I wouldn't have any appointments set up for the following day yet for whatever reason. I'd wake up in the morning and I would literally go through and I'd be looking for someone who would be available to see me and talk to me that day. And I'd get back to them right away. I'd be like, can you see me at 2.30? And I'd get off work at 2, right? They're like, all right. And then I'd try to pick a location that was within 30 minutes of my job to go for coffee or lunch or whatever. So I was trying to have back-to-back -back meetings, back-to-back -back calls, back-to-back -back opportunities to create the possibility of having someone getting started in my business. And then as people got started, I would give them that same level of support. So it didn't take very long until between my efforts and my team efforts, my calendar was fully booked 
of income producing activities that were presenting two on ones, three on ones, coffee meetings. I would do weekly presentations at my house at this point because people wanted to just like invite their guests and then I would do the talking, I would do the presenting in my living room. I had an area downstairs in my building where we did a weekly presentation, then it switched to two presentations a week, a weeknight and a weekend. I didn't even use anything online at this point, so I wasn't doing Zoom calls, I wasn't doing webinars, I wasn't doing none of that stuff at this point. And then once my team got to about 40, 50 sales, I was a 4A, 5A, then I ran into so many problems because my offer as a leader stayed the same, but my availability was it wasn't working anymore, right? Because I had so many people who wanted me, they were all messaging me, all texting me, all needing my help. And I became super overwhelmed. I was like, oh man, I just can't keep up. Like my phone had like, I don't know, like tens, like 50, 100 messages I couldn't catch up. My DMs were full. I was being overwhelmed. I didn't have an assistant and I was trying to manage everything by myself. And that's when I shifted and had a new idea where I was like, look, I'm going to help you get to 4A, okay? So I'm going to teach you what I know. You need to listen. You need to pay attention. You need to watch how I talk, the questions I ask, how I do the present presentation, how I draw the cash flow quadrant, how I do the compensation plan. You need to learn all this. And you have from the day you get started until you hit 4A to figure it out because afterwards I'm moving on to the next person and helping them. And so if you're slow or you're just assuming that I'll build your business for you forever, you're shit out of luck. And so people really took it seriously. They learned. And then I started to get some leverage and some duplication when I hit 6A2. So I didn't even have very much independent leadership that was doing it without me until 6A2. Then I started getting checks and stuff where I'm like, who's that? And I didn't recognize the person who bought a product. I was like, oh. Don't know who that is. And I'd get a check. I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. So it was like a year and a half, you know, a very focused dedication. And I told my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, Margaret, I was like, listen, I know that this is going to be annoying. And there are going to be lots of things that like you won't like because I'll be supporting somebody in another time zone or it's going to be date night, or we're supposed to be watching a show or a movie or relaxing or something like that. But when my phone rings or vibrates and someone needs me, I'm going to answer because I haven't earned the right. I haven't earned the freedom yet. And so in order for me to have those stronger boundaries, I need to be a yes man for this season of life. She understood, she got it, you know, and never complained about it after we had the conversation. And I was just go, 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 go. And then it finally paid off a year and a half in. So basically to answer your question, the things to focus on are always the next obvious step. So when you're starting in your business right now and you say that you have two sales and you've been doing it since May, that's perfectly okay. But you have to recognize why. What have you been trying to do to create opportunities? Has it been very passive, like you post content on your social media and then wait for people to just be interested? Has it been more of an attack? Have you been reaching out? Have you been creating opportunities? Have you been building relationships? Have you been inviting people to take a look? 
Have you been trying to create questions that make them realize, hey, maybe I should look at some different things for my life, for my income, for my lifestyle? So you have to be very much on this offensive attack in a way, in my opinion. No shame. You believe in yourself. You are sold yourself on your vision, company, products, opportunity, etc. And so you need to lean into that, right? And that was my whole mentality is like, I would rather have someone tell me they're not interested and I know for sure that it's not for them than to have this thing in the back of my mind wondering. I wonder if, you know, Johnny from back in the day when I worked at a restaurant, I wonder if Johnny would be interested. But then I wouldn't have the balls to go and ask Johnny, hey, Johnny, are you interested? You know what I mean? So I try to release all of those thoughts in my mind around so-and-so and this person and that person. What, what, do you, what would they think? And would they be down with this and whatever? And I just went and got the answer. And if they basically gave me any sort of the timing isn't right or, yeah, I'm open to it, but not right now or those types of answers, I still had full faith. I was like, okay, cool. I'll follow up with you in a month. Or I would ask them, when's a good time to follow up with you and see if it's a better time? And, and that was all I knew how to do. I wasn't really that good back then around like making that urgency happen in the moment. I would just go, no problem. I'll follow up with you. Then I go on my calendar in my Google calendar on my phone. And I would literally go follow up with the person's first and last name, 30 days or 45 days or 60 days or whatever they told me to follow up. And literally be my calendar with an alarm. And then 60 days later, I'd be like, beam, 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 follow up with Johnny, whatever. And I'd be like, oh yeah, Johnny told me. I'm like, damn, it's been 60 days already. Okay, cool. I reach back out to him. Be like, hey man, what's up? And what would be crazy about this is that if it was in like Facebook Messenger or text message or whatever, which is where I did most of my communication, they would literally see that it was exactly 60 days. So it was impressive. They're like, wow, this guy literally followed up when he said he was going to in 60 days to the day that he said. And so a lot of people, after so many times of following up, they would eventually say yes and get started, right? And that's where that saying comes from is fortune is in the follow-up. Is like, if you stay on people, unless it's like a very aggressive, no, I will never, ever, ever do this. There's a zero chance possibility I will ever work with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've had some people say that to me. And I'd be like, thanks. Okay, great. You're like on my forever do not call list. And I'm okay with that. But, it's, but if anybody was like, yeah, it sounds cool, but not right now. Or I'm just going to watch you and see how it goes. And if you do well, then I'm, you know, I might consider like anything along those lines. I'd be like, great. So there's a chance. <laughs> I was just like this like hopeful optimist. Like, okay, so there, you're telling me there's a chance. Okay, great. I'll, I'll just hang on to that possibility that there's a chance. And often like, it, it worked out and those people would get started with me down the track and I was always laughing. I'm like, wow, I, I actually believe that you would start one day and you did. And it's, it's a skill in this industry to have that, that optimistic outlook on the future, right? So yeah, man, I was a lead generating conversation machine. I would constantly be refining my presentation. I would be asking for feedback from anybody who didn't buy or did buy, I would ask them what they like best about it. I would ask them why it's not right for them. I would ask them what they don't like about it because I was just so genuinely curious and interested at becoming a professional 
that I wanted to know everything. So I was that annoying person that would ask you all these different questions even after you said you don't want to get started. You know what I mean? But I learned so much from that feedback that I got better and better and better and better. And then, then I became someone who shifted from like 100% of direct sales focus to eventually about 20% direct sales focus and 80% focus on my, my business because so many people needed me. And then I went through a season of duplication where I would do my very best to apprentice other people underneath me. So I'd spend a lot of time with them. I'd speak on text message, direct message on the phone with them a lot. I would teach them the edification triangle, which was basically in a really quick quick explanation is they edify me to their prospect because the relationship is there between the two of those people. And so the trust is there between them, but the lack of respect around the opportunity in the business is missing. So by edifying me as the guy who is successful in the business, you know, speaking highly of me, kind of sharing my accolades or how much money I was making or how many people I've helped or those kinds of like significant numbers and stuff to prove that it works, that would often would be the process that we would use to line up the phone calls to get people on the phone. And then once we're on the phone, I would humbly bring myself back to a very relatable place that I'm just a regular guy who has big goals and dreams and has been working really hard on improving himself and helping other people and so on. And the person go, okay, this person's successful, but humble. And so there was that like nice balance. And then I would turn it back around and speak very highly of the person who lined up this phone call and let them know they're an up and coming rising star and they're making a great decision by partnering with him, which also means that they're indirectly partnering with me and the rest of the family and the community. And so the edification triangle is basically everybody is leveraging each other in a positive way in that dynamic. And it was super, super helpful. So I did that. And then once I got people that I taught them everything I knew about how to present, how to think, the product, the business, the opportunity, leadership, duplication, and so on, then I would go and find my next direct sale and, and work closely with them as well. And so over the course of my first two and a half years, this was my daily method of operation. It was make sure that I didn't sit around and wait for opportunities to come to me. Make sure that I created opportunities by doing reach out, DMs, phone calls, commenting on people's social media posts publicly. Like sometimes people would post things where they were unhappy with their job or they were sharing that they had overtime and they were working crazy hours and stuff. And I would comment and be like, there's a better way. Let me show you. Let's get together for coffee and let me break it down. Like I was very unapologetic about what I believed to be the answer to people's problems. I didn't hold back. I didn't think it in my head and then not act it. I thought it and then I acted it and I just didn't care what people thought about me. And some people liked it. Some people talk shit. It doesn't matter because look at where I'm at now. Literally number one in the company, made all my goals and dreams come true and helped, you know, tens of thousands of people all over the world. So it's like looking back is like, damn, Balazs, you, you had no fear or judgment 
that you were trying to avoid. And that's what I recommend for you, Leandro, and everybody else listening is like, really lean into it, man, like really attack because that sense of when you are that convinced and convicted and certain and believe and passionate that you have this like, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a infectious energy about it. You're just like, damn, this, this person really believes in this. They're really passionate about this. They genuinely believe what they're doing. It often is enough for people to at least take a look with an open mind. And I would say that to people all the time. I said, listen, you know, watch this 30 minute video or watch this hour long video or come with me to have lunch or have a coffee. Let me show you the plan. Let me show you the vision. And if it's not for you, fine. No worries. No hard feelings. Like we'll just move on. But at least take a look, man. This is life changing stuff. Like, I have never believed in something as much as I believe in this. And they would just listen to me and go, all right, man, fine. And often that was enough, right? So, like, don't hold back on how much you believe in what you're doing because if you actually think about someone's day-to-day life, like your prospect's day-to-day life, everybody tries to act and pretend like they have so many people that want or they're so busy, or they have so many leads like reaching out to them or whatever, they try to act like that. But the reality is it's a lot less. And it's rare for someone to hit you up with that much belief and conviction. So be that person, be that like person in the DMs or be that person with your ads or be that person in your social media content where they're they're genuinely like, whoa, this person really, really believes in what they're doing. So that was me. I would constantly talk about my vision, my dreams, where I'm going, what I'm building, what I'm creating. I would basically say, join me or watch me make it happen. That was like a, a, an energy that I was embodying. And uh, yeah, man. And, and some people were like, okay, I'm coming. And other people would be like, ah, he's not going to do shit. And then now some of them might still be watching. I'm not sure. But if they are, they're like, respect. He, he actually did what he said he was going to do. And then presenting offering resources, being available, having a wide open calendar, super accessible to anybody who needed me and my support, working with all of their prospects, edification triangle. That was pretty much my DMO until it kind of broke. It was no longer working. And I created myself a business and scenario that wasn't sustainable. It wasn't scalable. It wasn't giving me any joy. Also, I was like, man, this is just too much. It's weighing me down. All these people expect me to carry them to the top. And I wish I could, but that's just not how it works. And I can't. So I made some adjustments, created that apprenticeship model from 1A to 4A. And this is all pre-social media, pre-internet, pre-whatever. So I'm sharing this with you guys because I'm not necessarily saying to do what I did. Okay, I want to make that clear. I'm not saying what I did is the only way to be successful because in my community, there's people that have made more success than I have in their first two, three years doing things completely differently. And so there's many different ways that you can build a business. What I want you to hopefully take away from this episode is not the specific income producing activities that I did back then, but the mentality the relentless, uh, obsessed, do or die type of 
mentality. Like it was literally like that. Okay. I was, I was a machine. I was unstoppable. Uh, Every single day that passed, I believed in myself more. I believed in what I was doing more. I got more solutions to my problems. I solved and figured things out. I got creative. I was always going back to the drawing board being like, how can I present better? What's the feedback that I got from people? How can I reach out to my team and offer them more help, more support? It was just this offensive attack every single day until it became obvious that I didn't have to be like that anymore. And only when it was obvious because the sales were pouring in, even without my involvement, did I go back to the drawing board and then decide what I needed to change to make my life more enjoyable, my lifestyle more enjoyable, start created some boundaries and some healthy things. And then we progressed. So hopefully that was helpful, Leandro. And to everyone else who's listening around the mentality of that initial period of time. But if you're running ads or doing social media content or any other form of marketing in terms of strategy, keep doing that. I'm not saying change that, but maybe there's an opportunity for you to add a couple of things in there, like more direct conversations with people or just more opportunities in general, or maybe you get a sales job on the side part-time that you can get paid to develop those skills, to transfer them over here. Reimagine your whole entire life and all of your priorities and all of your focuses and make sure that every single one of them is actually in alignment with where you want to go, not pulling you in another direction. So there's conflict of interest and like it's confusing and you have to switch gears and it's just a lot of stuff, you know? And then, and then yeah, really be bold about who you are what you know you're capable of, what your potential is, where you're going in the future, speak it into existence, take massive action, and it will all continue to come together. And anybody who's like less than a year in their business with only a couple of sales, it's perfectly okay. You are on track. It will come. It will click. And once it does, and once you connect, and once it all makes sense, the sales can come very quickly. So Yes, it feels like a slow burn initially, but once it connects, once it clicks, once you get a couple of little things falling into place, you'll be off to the races and things will fall. It will come together fast. All right. So thank you for listening to this episode. I'll do another episode in the future talking more about how my daily method of operation is now these days. It is drastically different than back in the day 11 years ago. But for most of you listening to my podcast, that won't be super helpful to you with where you are in your business. But, but I will share it in the future as a way of something to look forward to and something that's available and possible for you down the track. Once you get a couple levels higher than where you are, then it will be more appropriate to implement those things. So with that being said, much love to you. Thank you for listening to this episode 51. Share it with your friends. And we'll see you again on the next one. Bye for now. Take care. I hope you found something useful here to help you unlock more freedom in your life. We're just getting started. So if there's something you want to hear or a guest you want me to have on the podcast, shoot me a message at the Diamond Life Mentor on Instagram and let me know. 
You can discover incredibly helpful resources and more ways to build your diamond life now at my website, BelageWCardos.com. At the end of the day, this is all about bettering yourself and helping others. So if you think you can help someone else by sharing this podcast, that would be the ultimate win for me. And of course, subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening.